Good morning and welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County and our year of women's history continues and today the topic is Summer Reading Suffrage Centennial Edition. My guests will be Katie Karkak from the Valley Cottage Library and Anya Berg from the Palisades Free Library. The Historical Society of Rockland County is a nonprofit educational institution and principal repository for documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Lavelt House located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. We're listed on the National Register of Historic Places and a designated New York State Path Through History site. Part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland County with the public. And as a private, nonprofit institution, not a county or state agency, the Historical Society depends on charitable contributions to fulfill our missions. We hope you will consider making a financial contribution. You can donate safely online by visiting our website at rocklandhistory.org, and you can click that Donate button right at the top of the landing page. We'd love to count our radio listeners as financial supporters of the Historical Society of Rockland County. At this time, I'd like to remind our listeners that this is a call-in show. We welcome your phone calls. Today, if you have questions or recommendations for books you like, our number here is 845-429-1700. That number again is 845-429-1700. So summer is here, certainly can feel it today with the weather, and it's a perfect time to crack open a good book. Today, Katie Karkak and Anya Berg are here. They are on the phone, and they are here to talk about their favorite books relating to the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the vote. So welcome, Katie and Anya, and thank you so much for being on Crossroads today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So before we begin speaking about book recommendations, it would be great if you could take a quick moment to tell our listeners about yourselves. Anya, let's start with you. Sure. I grew up in Nyack, graduating from Nyack High School. I have a degree in art and art history in addition to my master's in library science. And I've been at the Palisades Free Library for about five years, where I'm currently the head of adult services. I previously held positions in the Geoscience Library of Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory here in Palisades and at the Valley Cottage Library. And Katie? Hi, I'm a native Rocklander. My story is actually pretty similar to Anya's in some ways. Um, I'm one of the adult services librarians at Valley Cottage Library, where I've worked for the last nine years. Before becoming a librarian, I worked in the museum world and was the museum collection manager of the Coney Island Museum. So. I really love how objects and stories can bring history to life, and you'll see that within my book selection. Excellent. If you could take a moment, we're in a sort of an unprecedented time, to describe how your libraries are working through the COVID-19 pandemic. Katie, why don't you start? Sure. We've been working really hard to best reach our patrons when we were closed and all working from home. We've put a lot of emphasis on our digital materials, ebooks, audiobooks, streaming movies, so that people can be entertained at home. We've moved all of our programs into a virtual format. And just starting a couple weeks ago, we've been offering curbside pickup by appointment only, which a lot of people seem to be very happy about. So we're trying to do as much as we can while keeping staff and patron safety central. 
Excellent. And Anya? Uh, much like Katie is saying, uh, the pandemic has kind of presented us with new ways, uh, with a challenge and an opportunity to connect with our patrons in new ways. Um, for us, this means promoting our digital collections and resources, bringing a variety of library program and instruction online, and engaging with our patrons on social media. Today is actually the first day at Palisades, in addition to offering curbside service, that we are able to open our doors to the public on a limited basis. Wow, great. Okay, so... With regard to this great suffrage centennial that we're in right now, Katie, are you finding that people are seeking out books relating to the women's suffrage movement? Well, yes, but it's a little hard to tell so far, um, just because our access to everything has been somewhat limited. Um, There has definitely been some interest, and I have seen increased demand for books about social movements in general, but I'm sure in the coming weeks we'll get a better glimpse of what people are looking for and their interest in the subject. And Anya? Uh, Right. Um, I think there's a lot going on in the world right now that has demanded people's attention, but I think with the centennial and the general focus on civil rights and the fact that there are still a lot of great events and exhibits going on locally related to the centennial, I think it's definitely a topic on our community's radar. Absolutely. Let's start with you, Anya. What are some of the picks in this category of uh, suffrage centennial that you like in terms of books? Sure. So my first pick is The Women's Hour, The Great Fight to Win the Vote by Elaine Weiss, which I think is probably one of the more popular books on the topic in the last few years. It was published in 2018. It focuses on the battle in Nashville, Tennessee in 1920 over the 19th Amendment's ratification in that state, which in turn led to its national adoption. The author discusses not only those key figures who fought for the right to vote, including men and women, but also those who fought against it and why they did so. I think it's well-researched, it's readable, and it's a good way to gain a new appreciation for all that went into the right to vote. And knowing that page-to-screen adaptations are as popular as ever these days, it does look like the book is due to be adapted for television in the not-too-distant future. Oh, great. Next up, I wanted to recommend Women Will Vote Winning Suffrage in New York State by Susan Goodyear and Karen Pastorello uh, for a more local pick. Uh, It was published in 2017, which was the 100th anniversary of the women's right to vote in New York State, and it highlights the important role that not only those in the city, but those upstate and downstate played um, in the national movement. That's a great pick. Thank you. Yeah, and any others? Uh, Yep. My third pick, Good and Mad, The Revolutionary Power of Women's Anger by Rebecca Traister, uh, which came out in 2018. It's not specifically on women's suffrage, but offers a really interesting perspective on the power of political anger displayed by women to create change throughout history and up to the present day, which includes the women's right to vote. Uh, despite the fact that this anger is often criticized or overlooked as counterproductive, ineffective, or unappealing. It's a really engaging book. I'm actually listening to the audiobook right now, and I think it's a great option for older teens and younger adults. Oh, great. Excellent. And then I also did want to highlight a local author here in Palisades, Activism into Art into Activism into Art by Christina Biaggi. She's an artist and author here in Palisades. It's a more personal account of her experience with activism over the past 60 years and how that plays into her art, but it does give insight into why many, like the suffragists, 
are so compelled to involve themselves in this fight for women's rights. And Christina, I know, is also involved in the Suffrage Forward organization right here in Rockland County. Yes, in fact, um, I was, I'm a volunteer for that organization as well, and they came early this year to discuss that group. And getting to know Christina Biaggi a little bit more has been a real pleasure for me. She's, a, she's an inc- incredible person and has such a long history of activism, and specifically using her art as, as a means to be an activist. It's very interesting. So great. I really love those, those books. The Women's Hour, incidentally, the Historical Society does a yearly luncheon together with the North Bergen History Coalition, and Eileen Weiss came and gave a talk about her book and so we were able to get get books signed by her and so I do agree that's an excellent book and she's a great writer. I know she's also featured in the PBS American Experience two-part series called The Vote. She's one of the experts that they look to in that presentation as well. So Katie how about you? Do you have some recommendations for us? Sure. My first selection is Suffrage Women's Long Battle for the Vote by Ellen Carroll Dubois. In her introduction She describes the women's suffrage movement as a 75-year marathon through the very core of American history, which brought half the American people into the body politic, gave them fundamental political rights, and recognized their existence as individuals above and beyond immersion and family roles. This is an excellent introduction to that marathon and functions as a chronological survey of the movement from the Civil War through the ratification of the 19th Amendment and beyond. It's a really good place to get the basic timeline and ideas behind the whole movement. It includes all the well-known key figures and events, as well as the interconnectedness of the other social movements that were happening at the time, like abolition, temperance, and the work towards anti-lynching bills. My second book is Why They Marched, Untold Stories of the Women Who Fight for the Right to Vote by Susan Ware. I just finished this book yesterday, and I really enjoyed it. So it's not as easily comprehensible if you don't have at least a little bit bit of an overview of the suffrage movement since it assumes the basics, like what's covered in my previous selection. Susan Ware takes a material, culture, and biographical approach, using the artifacts and ephemera of the past to tell the stories of the women who fought for suffrage. Included are items like Sojourner Truth's Carte de Visite, to tell the story of her speaking towards demanding that black women's voices be heard regarding anti-slavery and suffrage. There are loads of objects telling some of the lesser-known stories, like the women's exponent newspaper to talk about the role of Emmeline Wells and other outspoken polygamist Mormon women in Utah that had already been granted the right to vote. And the saddlebags worn by Claiborne Catlin's horse in her four-month-long suffrage pilgrimage across Massachusetts on horseback, but also the use of buttons, handbills, banners. Considering my background, these are my favorite kinds of history books where the objects of the past can really help make the events of the past tangible while highlighting the voices that we may be a little less familiar with. It's really excellent and fascinatingly interesting. My third selection is The Scarlet Sisters, Sex, Suffrage and the Scandal in the Gilded Age by Myra McPherson. The Scarlet Sisters is more about is about more than just suffrage, but it's certainly related. It's the dual biography of the notorious sisters Victoria Woodhull and Tennessee Tenny Claflin, 
these two sisters earned celebrity and notoriety for their political and personal lives. They were activists for social, political, and economic and labor reforms for women. They were well-known for the advocacy of free love, for which, which for them meant the freedom to marry, divorce, and bear children without governmental interference, which earned them several scandals. They were the first to publish Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto in the, in the U.S., were the first women to open a brokerage firm in 1870. And in 1872, Victoria Woodhull became the first woman to run for president as a member of the Equal Rights Party with Frederick Douglass as her running mate. So he was not involved in the nomination at all. Just days before the election, Victoria and her husband and Henny were all arrested by U.S. federal marshals for publishing their obscene newspaper. And oddly enough, Henny Claflin ran for Congress and became the honorary colonel of the Black Regiment. So their involvement with the suffrage movement is only part of the focus of this book, but, it, but it's the ultimate rags-to-riches story about two women who fought for what they believed in without consideration of what was deemed appropriate for women, or really anyone at the time. And I'm fascinated by their brazenness. Yeah, that one is fascinating. I, I can't wait to read that one. I, that was a new one for me, so thank you for that recommendation. They seem fearless. Yeah, <laughs> really. Any others? Yeah, I have one last one. Amazon's Abolitionist and Activist, A Graphic History of Women's Fight for Their Rights by Mickey Kendall and illustrated by A. D'Amico. This book is generally intended for teens, but I really recommend it to anyone looking for a lot of information presented in a different way. Amazon's Abolitionist and Activist is a graphic, think comic book survey of women activists from, from nearly the beginning of recorded history. On nearly the first page is the character that serves as the guide through the book, stating, Welcome to the history you've never learned. It begins with ancient Sumer in 3000 BC and ends with the present day and covers over 200 women throughout history that have fought for change. The entries on each woman or event are rather short, giving tiny glimpses into each accomplishment that serve as an introduction to global women's history. The section on suffrage covers many of the usual suspects that we've heard about, but also makes an extra effort to include black and indigenous women that were outspoken advocates for women's rights, such as Ida B. Wells, Frances Harper, Sarah Wynne, Muffet. What I like most about this book is it attempts to show how intersectional some of these movements were, but also how exclusionary some social movements were, and in some cases still are. And it shows that so much progress has been made throughout history by women refusing to give up their efforts to achieve what is right. That sounds amazing. So much packed into such a tiny little book. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. You're listening to WRCR and Crossroads of Rockland History. I'm Claire Sheridan, and our year of women's history continues. Today, the topic is Summer Reading, Suffrage Centennial Edition. My guests are Katie Karkak from the Valley Cottage Library and Anya Berg from the Palisades Free Library. If you have a comment or a book recommendation, we'd love to hear from you. Our number here is 845-429-1700. That number again is 845 845- Four two nine one seven zero zero. So I like listening to books on tape, and I think you mentioned that you were doing some listening as well. Anya, do you find that readers are leaning towards books on tape? Definitely, yes. I would say I'm a huge fan of audiobooks myself and probably have listened to at least half of the books that I've read in the last few years. Although things are a little different this year, summer when a lot of people are traveling and taking road trips is usually a really popular time for audiobooks. 
and the fact that libraries are now offering digital audiobooks through apps like Libby and Hoopla. This has made listening to them all the more easier, whether you're in the car, on the go, or when you're at home making dinner or in the garden. Great. So we have a caller, and we're going to say good morning. You're on the air with Crossroads of Rockland History. Good morning. My name is Mary Lou from Nyack, and I have a question for both of the women. In the books that they recommended, did they find any discussion of a fair number of women who opposed suffrage at the time? And if so, could they talk on that a little bit? Great question. Katie, you want to well, uh, try that one? Sure. So like I said, I just finished Why They March, and while opposition to suffrage was not the focus by any means, there was definitely some mention of it, particularly among women who just really felt that it was unnecessary or that they were not particularly ready for political life and would often sort of cede to their husbands to make those decisions for them. But it definitely was not a focus. It was, a, it was mentioned. I will say the Women's Hour by Elaine Weiss does definitely go into that. There were the suffs and the aunties, so she does talk about the women who were against it and kind of gave reasoning as to why. Thank you for your call. We really appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. So the Historical Society of Rockland County published a book in the 1980s called Ladies Lib, How Rockland Women Got the Vote. I love this book because it's a local story with a national suffrage movement connection. Are you two familiar with this book? It is actually sitting on my desk right now, and I will say if anyone is interested in it, I do know that most of the local libraries have a copy in their reference or local history collections, and it's a under 100 pages, so it's a really good read um, to get a local view on the topic. It really is. And tell me a little bit about the book clubs in your library. Are those book clubs continuing through the pandemic? Yes, we actually have several book clubs at Valley Cottage. I run the Book and Pub Club, which is intended for 20 and 30-somethings, and under normal circumstances, we meet in the bar and restaurants in Nyack. Our next meeting for that will be August 19th, and we'll be discussing Girl, Women, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. Um, we also have a monthly scholar-led book discussion group. Um, the next for that will be August 20th. And that will be to discuss both the play and the movie versions of William Shakespeare's Love, Labor's Law. And if anybody's interested, tomorrow night I will be hosting the book chat with Mary and Katie, which will be an opportunity for participants to share what they've been reading and leave with a whole list of recommended titles. And the information for all of these are available on the website, which is valleycottagelibrary.org. Great. And we have another caller, so we're going to say good morning. You're on the air with Crossroads. Hello. I wanted to know, I have forgotten the actual meaning of the, the difference I should, of the word suffragist and suffragette. Is there a difference? <laughs> That's a good question. The, uh, the question was, is there a difference between a suffragist and a suffragette? Yeah. And in the basic answer, uh, the quick answer, is that women who fought for the right to vote were called suffragists. And in, in the United Kingdom, in England specifically, there were publications, newspapers, that in an, in an attempt to ridicule their effort, started calling them suffragettes. 
as a slur, basically, as an insult. The British suffragists embraced the name so as to not allow that to take on a negative connotation. So they didn't mind actually calling themselves suffragettes. Here in the United States, that never really took place. The women that fought for the right to vote here in the United States are called suffragists, and we don't really call we don't really call American uh, women who fought for the right to vote suffragettes. So that's really sort of the short answer. There's a much longer answer, um, <laughs> and if you Google it, you can get more information about it. But that's basically the short answer. So what about kids' books? Any kids' books that you can recommend relating to suffrage? There's a book called Miss Paul and the President, The Creative Campaign for Women's Right to Vote by Dean Robbins, illustrated by Nancy Zhang. Miss Paul and the President's a picture book that tells the story of Alice Paul's organization of parades and protests, particularly those in front of the White House, intended to convince Woodrow Wilson to give women the vote. In an age-appropriate way, it shows the opposition she faced including being jailed, ignored, and placated. It showed how her persistence and leadership, along with Wilson's daughter, Margaret, eventually helped grant women the vote. That's great. Thank you for that suggestion. You know, I'm a big fan of Alice Paul. One of my favorite books is Mr. President, How Long Must We Wait? Alice Paul, Woodrow Wilson, and the Fight for the Right to Vote. That came out last year by Tina Cassidy. To me, Alice Paul was a true radical in in the purest sense of the word. And I think, you know, it's interesting when you think about reform movements, radicals are critical to the success of the movements. When radicals do their thing, it makes the moderates seem moderate. And so, in my view, Carrie Catt, who was a more moderate member of the suffrage movement, only looked moderate when she was compared to Alice Paul and Alice Paul's compatriots. So what do you think of that? Is that a, is that a valid comment? I think that's definitely true. I'm sorry, go ahead, Anya. <laughs> no, no, I agree. And Anya, you didn't get a chance to talk about the book clubs at, at the Palisades Free Library. Why don't you take a moment and tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So right now we did bring uh, one book club online over Zoom, and I'm collaborating with a librarian from the Pan Library Our next meeting is scheduled for Wednesday, August 5th at 4 p.m. We'll be discussing Everywhere You Don't Belong by Gabriel Bump. And meetings have been temporarily suspended, but I do typically go over to the Esplanade at Palisades, a senior living community right here in Palisades, and I hold a book club there monthly. Oh, that's great. I'm sure that's a very popular program. It's a lot of fun for all of us, I think, yes. That's great. So a couple of other selections that I've recently come ac- uh, come across. Uh, the first is Shout, Poetry for Suffrage by Susanna Rich. Susanna Rich is a professor, an Emmy Award winning uh, producer, and she has written a beautiful book of poetry. She's a meticulous researcher and historian, and her poems are really incredible. And then Remembering the Ladies from Patriots in Petticoats to Presidential Candidates Telling Her Stories by Carol Simon Levin. This is actually can be considered a coloring book. Um, So it could be for kids or adults, perfect for the pandemic. But it is chock full of not only suffragists, but inspiring women. And what Carol Simon Levin did is she put out a request to 
her friends, neighbors, fellow historians to draw the images, the line drawings in the book. So it's a it's a vast array of different styles of comic art, if you will, of these women. And then a short biography of each of them and inspirational quotes from each of them. I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. And then I also agree, I think The Women's Hour is a terrific book by Elaine Weiss. And I, I do think that that uh, especially that moment in the Tennessee legislature when Harry T. Byrne changed his vote from an anti-suffrage vote to a pro-suffrage vote. It's a very uh, moving moment. It's amazing how quickly 30 minutes goes by. Katie, tell us again how people find out about things going on at the Valley Cottage Library. If you go to valleycottagelibrary.org, our events page is full of all of the virtual programming that we're doing. There's quite a bit there. You know, we've been working very hard to try to bring everything online as much as we can. And also we're active on our social media. So Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, we are, you know, if you search for us, you'll find everything that we're doing. Great. And Anya? Uh, we are also online at palisadeslibrary.org, and there is a link to our event calendar right from that page. Um, and we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Meetup. Excellent. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank you, Katie Karkek from the Valley Cottage Library and Anya Berg from the Palisades Free Library for being here today. Thanks so much. It's been fun. Thank you for having us. So all of the books and information that we talked about today will be listed on our website at the Historical Society of Rockland County. That's rocklandhistory.org. And a recording of this broadcast will also be available on our website. Again, that's rocklandhistory.org. I hope you will tune in to the next episode of Crossroads of Rockland History. That will be Monday, August 17th, right after the Steve and Jeff Morning Show. And we have exciting upcoming events, exhibitions, and programs at the Historical Society. Our current exhibition is Leaving Her Mark, 20 Notable Women in Rockland's History, a virtual exhibition celebrating 100 years of women's suffrage. And that is ongoing at our website at rocklandhistory.org. And as soon as we welcome visitors again, we will be opening Inside Out, Women fashion, and the fight for suffrage. So watch for that in the late summer. Our website again is rocklandhistory.org, and please do follow us on Facebook where we have a growing group of friends and fans, and you can also find us tweeting on Twitter, blogging on Tumblr, and posting on Instagram. We appreciate all the calls today, and we thank you for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on 1700 AM WRCR and WRCR.com.